Thanks for listening to Louda Vision, the podcast for visionaries, artists, and creatives. I'm your host, filmmaker and artist, Laura Mioli. If you want to find out more about me and get creative tips and inspiration, you can visit loudavision.com. Okay, let's get this started. My guest today is Alex Wood. He's an army captain. Thank you for your service, Alex. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. So Alex is also the co-founder of Hone Life, which helps people who are searching for their passion and wanting to create a life filled with variety rather than a conventional nine to five. It's a great website. So go check out honelife.com, H-O-N-E-L-I-F-E, and take the Variety Seeker quiz. I'll put all the links in the description below. So thanks again for coming, Alex. No, thank you for having me. And thank you for spelling it out because you have no idea how many people attempt to go to home life, H-O-M-E-L-I-F-E. And they're just like, I don't see anything. I don't see a quiz. This is a sham. And they'll leave. Yeah. So uh, tell me how you started the homelife.com and the Variety Seeker. Tell me about the Variety Seeker quiz also. Yeah, it all started... When me and my sister, so I was a lieutenant at the time, and my sister had just quit her job as a speech pathologist because it just it just wasn't for her. And she had asked me to help her out because my background is in business. And she's like, I'd love to start something of my own, thinking about a blog, but I have no idea what it would be about, who the audience would be, and all that. And we were just BSing one day over an article she read about, you know, it was, it was titled like, imagine your perfect day. And it was like, picture your perfect day in the future. Yeah. What's your job? What does it look like? What kind of house are you living in? Are you married? Do you have kids? And like both of us like couldn't do it. Like everybody else easy, like, oh, I would live here. Yeah. But we had no idea. And that got us thinking like, why, are, why do we suck at that test so bad? <laughs> and, and we were kind of thinking, well, maybe it's just Maybe we're different in a way. And it was really her idea to be like, maybe that's what we, maybe that's what we do. Maybe mm. we have a, a certain personality that has yet to be branded, that has yet to be named. Mm-hmm. This idea that people, there's a group of people out there that live and crave novelty and variety more than any other type of personality type. Mm-hmm. And that it is very tough for us to stick with you know, maybe a certain person in a relationship, maybe a hard to stick with a career with different interests, activities and hobbies and locations. Maybe that's more difficult for us than anybody else. And we looked into and we researched and we're like, yeah, that is a thing. Mm -hmm. People are connecting with that idea. People are raising their hands and saying, that's me. Like you guys have, nobody's ever really spoken like that the way you guys have and we we coined the term variety seeker Mm -hmm. and we were like do you guys relate with this thing this idea that you can't stay with one career you're constantly looking for variety and people started throwing their hands up and just saying that is me that's me to a t (laughs) that's perfect and we're like this is something we can rally around this is something we can build a tribe around Mm -hmm. and that's when we were like okay it should be a blog and variety seekers should be our audience and that's when we kind of started building the platform and like whatever, you know, we don't know what we're going to sell them. This is a year ago. We're like, we don't know what we're going to give them or sell them. Mm-hmm. But right now, what we can do, we can start telling people about it and bring them into the fold and building our tribe. So that's what we started to do. And the quiz is simply just to because there I mean, you may not be one in yeah. the, the quiz is simply there to you know, erase all doubt whether you are or are not, whether you're a type A, like 
full-blown variety seeker or type B, type C, or maybe you're just not one at all. And that's fine because mm-hmm. there are certainly people that are and that are aren't that aren't. So the quiz really just lets you know that if you are, this is the place for you. This is where we can give you a lot of information so you can really accept kind of the personality you have. Because for better or for worse, what I've learned is if you are, like you are for life. You yeah. know, for better or for worse, you're going to be a variety seeker. And there's going to be struggles associated with that. It's not all you know, cake and rainbows. It's not all great. There are some struggles that come along with being a variety seeker. What are some of those struggles? Because the Facebook group, I feel, is really helpful. It has like a lot of great um, resources, blogs, articles that are very helpful for me. Sometimes I'm dealing with something and I'm like, let me go on the variety seeker tribe Facebook group. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's exactly what it's meant for. Mm -hmm. I I would think the number one thing when we get questions, it's with careers. Mm -hmm. It's with jobs. I mean, I think probably over 30% of all the initial questions we get over, you know, I'm, I'm a nurse and I thought that's what I wanted. And now that's, but now this photography is interesting to me. I don't know if I want to do this forever. It's always a question of, did I make the right career choice? Mm. And that is something that, I mean, we're only a year old and that is something that we're all dealing with all variety seekers. So that's definitely the number one thing people bring up. The second thing I would I would say would be relationships because everybody, everybody knows the honeymoon effect when having a relationship with somebody else. Mm-hmm. You date somebody maybe a year, year and a half later, that novelty, that honeymoon effect kind of wears off and you're like, okay, this is what a <laughs> real relationship is like. It's not all, you know, we're happy to fold each other's laundry anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Who's that ever happy to fold somebody's laundry, you know, in the first like three <laughs> months, you're like, oh, babe, no, I'll totally let me get that for you. No. And then, you know, <laughs> that'll go away eventually. <laughs> but even though that happens to everybody, mm-hmm. it happens. It hits us double as variety seekers mm-hmm. because we thrive on novelty. And as soon as that novelty is gone, it's like it's like waking up with a hangover and you're just kind of like, oh, I need something else. And so we're there to help figure out if you want to stay committed in that relationship or if you want to stay committed in that job or career, here are some things you can do to maybe um, fill that variety seeker need, scratch that variety seeker itch and stay committed in that relationship or that job or whatever it is in your life that you've selected. And you're like, I want to commit to this long term but I'm a variety seeker. How do I do it? So that's kind of how we help out. I mean, I relate to the career thing because I mean, doing the same thing every single day can become tedious at a a point, but I'm really interested in this relationship thing that you're saying, because I'm in a really committed relationship. I've been married for two years now and I'm like, I kind of don't relate with what you're saying about like wanting to get out, like dying inside like (laughs) that's good oh that's awesome are you saying that a lot of variety seekers have trouble being in a committed relationship yeah it got to the point where like when we had the the podcast going like we did a full episode brought on a relationship expert because we'd see people that would like i've been in eight relationships in the past eight months oh wow And, and you know it's just like they bounce around because the novelty wears off quickly and when it does they'll they'll need something else and oftentimes what they'll choose to change Mm -hmm. is the person they're seeing when that necessarily doesn't need to be the thing that they change yeah 
maybe it is something else. What if you do move? What if you do get a new career? What if you do change something else to give you that variety seeker, you know, give you that novelty you want Mm -hmm. so that you don't target the relationship so that you don't blame the relationship Mm -hmm. and you can stay committed to that relationship. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like misplaced aggression. (laughs) It definitely could be because you're like, oh, I need a change. I need something. And sometimes what gets put on the chopping block. (laughs) Yeah, it could, that could be as easy, you know, but that, I mean, that is a short term thing. Mm -hmm. So vacation, unfortunately they do come to an end and then you come back home and you're just like, well, that was cool, but um, <laughs> can we just do another one? You know, so you don't want to always have that vacation uh-huh. as like the temporary Band-Aid um, to fix maybe what's a bigger, larger issue. So what are some tips for that you have for variety seekers? Um, what I've told, so recently there was an email um, from a lady that was dealing with career issues and not knowing what to do. And one of the first things I tell them to do is movement, like continuous movement. Mm-hmm. What what variety seekers tend to do is sit and wallow and they're like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> and they just sit there and, and they, they just think, uh, but they actually don't create any action or any movement. Mm-hmm. They're just happy to stand in the shower and just be like, well, what the hell am I going to do? So what I sound really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the facts. It's what we deal with. I mean, there is another side to the variety seekers that find a life that fits their needs and they're happy. But I like working with the people that are, you know, really Flying struggling. The shower. Those are the people I love <laughs> to talk to. Exactly. And, um, so I said, I said, you have to continue movement, whatever that is. It could be physically getting out of the house, but it could be movement online, finding a cause, finding like, what are your skill sets? What are your talents? Mm-hmm. Well, it's communication. It's writing. I'm a good, like, then find a way to use it. It doesn't even have to be something you want to do forever, but get online and start making a movement. What's in your local community? What's a cause that's going on? Mm-hmm. Do you volunteer at all? Like, and it, and just bounce around and create opportunities. And what that does is it builds potential. It just builds more choices for you. Because when you talk to people, it's like, well, I could do this or I could do this. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you can do. And I'm like, is that in just the two left or right? I'm like, well, yeah, but it's not. It's not. There's so many other avenues. So it's creating that movement, whether online, mm-hmm. whether out in your community, and just bouncing around and opening up potential avenues for careers and trying everything. Mm-hmm. But what about like the anxious variety seeker like I am? So I do like trying everything. I do a lot of different things, but it, bec- it comes to a point where, okay, now I'm into so many things and I have no time to relax and I'm overwhelmed and <laughs> maybe it's too much, you know, like how do you balance that out? That is the question that it's, <laughs> you're right. It's not easy. And so I mean, what it really comes down to is, I mean, it's, it's nothing original and it's nothing too sexy, but what really out of all those things speaks to you the most, mm-hmm. fulfills you the most, um, of all those things you do, which, uh, when you're performing them, uh, which one of those things makes you forget about the time to where you look up at wow. the clock and four hours have gone by. And you didn't even know it. Which of those things could you stay up till 2 a.m. doing 
and you wouldn't even care and you wouldn't even mind. Mm -hmm. Those are the things you need to pay attention to. The things you think about when you're driving to work and you're kind of in autopilot mode, what things pop into your head and why do you think they do? Um, So those are the things that I try and pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Um, The things that make time go by so quickly that you don't even realize it because those that's obviously having an effect on you that you need to, to dial in on and focus on. Okay. So would you say that your whole family is variety seekers or just you Ooh, and your sister? It's just me and Jess, which is crazy. Mom and dad and our other sister, Courtney, they, at first they didn't get it. <laughs> and it was like a huge thing because the argument is like, well, you know, Alex just sounds like you can't commit to anything. You need to settle down, son. You need to just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Put your nose to the grindstone. Just work hard. But that is not it. I, I get the argument. But there's a difference between why variety seekers quit something and why somebody else would quit something. Like, for example, if I wanted to be a professional basketball player, uh-huh. I may quit because it's just too hard and I'm not talented enough. Although I still want to be that so bad. It's so appealing. Mm-hmm. But I quit for that reason. Where variety seekers quit because they don't want it anymore. Uh-huh. They have the ethic. They have the tools, but that thing they wanted, they no longer want. Not because it's too hard, but either because they became bored or the allure of something else, that kind of shiny object Mm -hmm. syndrome has drawn them to something else, which is always happening to us. That's really interesting. That happens to me a lot. Like I want to start something. I I like the excitement of trying something new and it's like a nervousness, like, oh, I'm going to try this and I've never done it before. But then once I've mastered it, I'm like, okay, I'm good. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So you have to make that choice. And it's tough to know, you know, okay, am I quitting this just because I don't want to put in the hard work Mm -hmm. or am I quitting this because I really want to see where this other road goes Mm -hmm. or I'm more interested in this. And that's something you really got to think about for yourself and sit down and just being, am I not willing to work hard or do I really not want it? And that's on the individual to just have that deep think and just make that decision for yourself. Cool. So do you have any tips for people wanting to start an online business? Because you are a business, you have a business background. Yeah, there are two things that really have made the difference between people that I've seen have start that have been successful and the people that have failed. Um, one is, is your business idea good enough? Pretty mm-hmm. simple. Pretty easy. Is it good enough? And do you believe in it enough to sacrifice everything else to make that business a success? Hmm. Those two things. And it's either one or the other will fail. Either the person has all the heart, all the desire, all the hard work and belief in their idea. Uh-huh. But the fact is, it's just a crappy idea. <laughs> or you have a million dollar idea. Like if you took it to Shark Tank, uh, <laughs> like they would all give you a deal. Mm-hmm. But you just, you don't have the heart for it. Like you're not willing to sacrifice either time with your family, time sleeping in, time going out and partying. And that's why either one of those things will, will cause you to fail. Mm-hmm. And that's why you don't see a lot of variety seekers who are the, the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Mm-hmm. Because that part two, that belief and the ability to sacrifice everything else. Because 
because giving of the, up variety. Exactly, because something else will get your attention. And you can measure this in the Myers-Briggs personality test. Variety seekers are often INFJs, INTJs, that mm-hmm. introverted, intuitive, judgment thinker type. Whereas if you see people that have started a business and committed and gone to the end to where they're now, you know, multimillionaires, they are not INTJs. They are they are a different Myers-Briggs personality test. And that has been tested, you know, the results are there. Mm-hmm. You take Steve Jobs and all these other CEOs and they bunch them up using Myers-Briggs. And there is definitively proof that certain personality types are more likely to succeed if they are to start a business versus these other personality types. So variety seekers, like it's a little sad because we often want to start our own business, Mm -hmm. but the proof is that it's going to be a little harder for us because we are naturally not going to be willing to commit full term to this thing because something else will get our attention. So we just have to be mindful of that. So what's your advice for a variety seeker wanting to start an online business? Because you have your, your sister. I mean, is having both of you, does that make it work because you're both putting in your effort? Certainly having two people makes it better. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go in solo versus having a committed partner, the partnership, I think, is going to have a better chance at success. Mm-hmm. However, it's really, you have to be able to make your business what you want to commit to. And if you are a variety seeker, you have to find other things that are going to, again, provide that variety seeker need Mm -hmm. so you can focus on your business. And that is very tough to do. So one idea is that you see variety seekers who are creatives forming businesses where they are able to travel and do their business. Yeah. Because the travel will allow you to fill that variety seeker need, mm-hmm. yet you have your laptop there to focus on it. But if you're starting like a brick and mortar something, you know, that's yeah. different. So how do I start my business? That's what I'm choosing to commit to. How do I get my variety seeker need? Is it, you know, different hobbies? What I do in my off time? Um, so you have to find that out for yourself. But one thing to do is, is the hardest thing, in my opinion, is making sure your business idea is viable. Like there's a market for it. There's mm-hmm. people who are willing to buy it. And it's like the, just the basics of testing, going on, making a social media Facebook ad and testing your idea. And entrepreneurship is not about, you know, you've probably heard this. It, it's not about that one, you know, three point shot. It, it is, it's mm-hmm. about shots on goal, right? It's about how many shots can you take? If you had one, what you thought was a great idea and it failed and you're just like, oh, I'm just not meant. No, like that's, that's, <laughs> don't that's, give up. That's BS. Any good entrepreneur before they made it had, you know, behind them eight or nine trashed ideas mm-hmm. that didn't work. And that's what separated, you know, the winners from the losers. Mm-hmm. The winners knew it was about shots on goal and about potential good ideas that they would then again test. They would invest in, spend a little money on, take the risk and test the idea. And that's the difference between are you going to give up early or are you going to continue to put shots on goal? So cool. Yeah. Um, so you, you talked about starting a career, maybe where you're traveling and you have your online business. Um, do you think that, for a variety seeker, every job is a temporary job? Or do you think that they're, 
like do you realistically think that there could be something that could be a forever job for a variety seeker Laura what I'm finding (laughs) in my own life is that I'm able to do a specific thing for probably three to five years Mm -hmm. commit hardcore like to the point where like you're ranked you know number one in the business or company and then I'm finding that between three and five years it's time to go (laughs) and I'm I'm looking at the future of my life and what I'm going to do and I'm okay with that I'm okay if every three to five years I I Honestly, just get a new job, get a new mm-hmm. career. That does not scare me. If the thought of, oh, well, then you'll never really create or generate enough income. I I put that behind me a long time ago, that mm-hmm. it was not about the dollars and cents. Um, obviously, you want to be able to travel and eat and do the things you want to do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if we've learned anything from Tim Ferriss and the four-hour work week, you can build a lifestyle around doing those things you want and not having to, you know, build this, become rich, right? You can mm-hmm. get what you want without having to have all those millions of dollars. And if you really want the mansion and the millions of dollars and everything, if whatever these rich people have let us know, it's that even once they acquire those things, there's still a void left within them, right? It, it doesn't really fulfill them the way we want to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So, more I mean, money, more problems. More money, more problems. <laughs> That's right. Puff said it best <laughs> when he said, <laughs> yeah, no, perfect. But then in, yeah, I don't have a, a good answer. That's just what I can tell you I'm going to do. So I'll be out of the army in probably a year because I've kind of done that. And my variety seeker ways are telling me, don't spend any more of your time doing this one thing. Let's go see what more the world has to offer. Mm-hmm. So what that will be. I don't know, but I love the fact that I don't know. And I love the fact that it will, that my life will change and I will try something new. Whether I have a business on the side, whether I do a different job, Mm -hmm. the possibility, the unknown, just the fact that it's unknown and that there's really no obligations or limitations is a good feeling in and of itself. So I'm just excited Mm -hmm. about that. So, and a lot of variety seekers before that would just cause them anxiety, right? I don't know. Oh my God, what am I (laughs) going to do? But it is absolutely the way you think about it. Mm -hmm. And it's the way you let your mind convince you to look at that situation as just this ominous deep pit that you're going to fall down or this, this limitless possibility of different Mm -hmm. things that you could be doing. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot has to do with with mindset. Yeah. So tell us about your story. You're in the military. You rank number one <coughs> officer in your battalion of a thou- yeah. only a thousand soldiers. That's awesome. That's right. So tell me a bit. What are you What are you doing in the military? And just give yeah. Me info. Well, I went to um, small town, and I was the first one ever from my hometown to get accepted into West Point Military Academy, mm-hmm. which was huge. Um, and then four years there, which was a, probably the biggest challenge of my life, got out of there and I commissioned as a second lieutenant. That's the lowest ranking officer rank mm-hmm. and moved to Fort Carson, Colorado. I work on Fort Carson and I live in Colorado Springs mm-hmm. and just got promoted to captain. Congratulations. And, yeah, thank you. Thank you. A little bump in pay, little pay raise, <laughs> but you know, more power comes more responsibility. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've done well at this 
this military thing i have i was ranked number one i've had only um you know we do these things in the army called um, officer evaluation reports which every year you get a report and that really is crucial in determining whether you're going to get promoted to captain to lieutenant colonel Mm -hmm. major all that stuff and i've had only the best evaluations the what's called above center mast must retain evaluation reports and so people look at me and they're like why would you ever (laughs) <laughs> get out you know i know you talk about this variety seeker thing whatever that is you know people that yeah. really don't understand that's not it. real <laughs> yeah exactly and like, you're crazy you're crazy to get out mm-hmm. but I, I, the reason i i've had success is i've kind of i you know i bring tim ferris up a lot because i i look up to that guy that's but cool. i i, I kind of looked at the military i i gamed it in a sense where it broke it down and looked at it like a like a video game and it's like okay these guys that are generals, you know, what have they done? What do they do to make it to general? What do I have to do? And I just, you know, people told me, well, you know, we grade you on this. We look at this. Here are the things. Here are the benchmarks you need to hit. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, okay, so I just do this and that'll make me look like the best officer. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I mean, essentially. I mean, it's and you just do that. And obviously it's it's not that easy. One thing that separated me from the others was, you know, it's not original, but hard work. You hear it all the time. Yeah. There's no substitute for hard work. And that's so, so true. The reason I, I've kind of edged out among my peers is the, my ability to work harder than others. Mm-hmm. But then there's also this other factor of if somebody can work harder than you, how do you, how do you kind of bridge the gap? Mm-hmm. And then you look at, I mean you kind of look at their weaknesses, not to be like two house of cards, like Frank Underwood, <laughs> like where's this guy's weakness at? But you do like, if you know, like it's clearly there's an order of merit list and you mm-hmm. see where you line up and you see, Oh, you know, Brad's in front of me. He's the only guy in front of me. You know, what is Brad? What doesn't he have that I have? Push and, Brad in front of a train <laughs> and you push Brad and you kill Brad <laughs> and you push him in front of a train, just like Frank Underwood. That's right. Uh, oh, if you watch season four, not to get off track, have you seen season four yet? I have. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back to that, how good okay. that is. Yes. Um, but yeah, and there's, you're surrounded by all these alpha male, you know, type A types that are just jacked and big and they're able mm-hmm. to train and take the hill and, and do all these amazing army things. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them lack the political side. Uh, to be charismatic, to have charisma, to stand in front of a group of people and be a compelling speaker. Mm-hmm. And that's where I noticed kind of my natural talents of being able to stand in front of a group of people and articulate thoughts and, and effectively communicate. That's what really separated me when it came to the Army. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, it's easy to be able to do these things in the field and on the battlefield and whatever, but to be able to stand in front of a group of people and politically effectively talk about you know strategy and all that stuff it's different um so you have to find those things that you are good at that nobody else can do you know your core competency that is very very hard to replicate and for me it was the idea the idea to uh, be compelling when speaking in front of a group of people it's very hard if you can't do it it's very tough to learn yeah. so that's what kind of edged me out in front good. of the others so if I continue down, if I did, if I chose that way, I think it'd be pretty successful. But obviously, my heart and my variety seeker personality is tugging at my heartstrings to <laughs> go and do something else. So, well, I hope you find whatever you're looking for. Thank you. Yeah, and 
I throw the question back at you. What are you, do you know what you're looking for? Or are you just as kind of swimming, kind of as lost <laughs> as the rest of the variety seekers? Just looking I don't think for we're lost. I think we just like to go in multiple directions. I definitely mm-hmm. like doing my podcast because I enjoy speaking to people, learning about their life and being able to tell their story. And storytelling is like a big part of what I really love doing. Um, so that's um, part of why I love doing video production. Um, maybe video production, like right now my body is telling me, okay, v- video production might need to be a side thing right now. <laughs> Can't handle yeah. all the carrying at the moment. But, you know, I'm going <clears> to <throat> just see where the world takes me. I definitely want to travel a little bit more. Um, I am going to be starting an online course at some point. I love teaching, so I'm kind of going in the teaching direction right now and just seeing what is available, what, what are the possibilities. What would be to kind of fulfill that storytelling interest, mm-hmm. what would be the ideal scenario, like writing movie scripts for Hollywood? Like what, if you could do anything with that, what do you well, think? Well, I have a few like documentary do? ideas. I have one big documentary idea in mind for a feature. I'd like to get that done at some point. Um, so I'm still developing that because it's yeah. a lot of research. I feel like documentaries, you learn a lot from them because you're interviewing people. I love interviewing people. So yeah. the documentary, just doing my one interview that I've done so far for it, just being able to learn from that is kind of an interesting process. But what you what you hear with documentary on, you know, the instruction on how to make a documentary is you're supposed to have an idea first. And I kind of have like a lot of ideas and right. trying to like learn what is the answer, find the answer from my interviews. So I'm taking a little bit of a liberal um, process with it, but well, it's fun. I mean, as yeah. long as it's a fun process, then. Is this full time or do you have another job that you No, that you I can? actually work at CUNY, the colleges in New York. So I make um, marketing videos. Okay. So, yeah. That is interesting. And I'm teaching also. So, I do a lot yeah. of different things. Yeah, you have a lot of possibilities <laughs> with that. That's exciting. Yes. Well, you said in your, your email when we were speaking, um, you were talking about what should we be pursuing? What is this goal? And what is that carrot that, that variety seekers are going towards? So, do you think that as variety seekers, we should be pursuing happiness, stability, money? Like, what, what is that thing? And that, I think, is something that, I mean, not to get too deep, but we've been... Go there, go there. We have been asking ourselves forever. So I'm currently reading um, The Story of Philosophy by Will Durant, and it kind of goes through, you know, it hits Socrates, and then it goes into Plato, and it goes into um, Aristotle, and Francis Bacon, and Nietzsche, and all all these different influential philosophers. Mm-hmm. And if you know that there's one thing they all try and accomplish to answer the same question is what does it mean to live a good life? Yeah. How, how is it best to live? Is it, should be, we be focusing on the word happiness? Is that the end goal? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it fulfillment or is it excitement? And a lot of people want a job that makes them happy, but what, but I think a better word to describe that would be excitement. Mm-hmm. And I, I think again, I steal that from Tim Ferriss because I think he hit the nail right on the head. But it's, it's different for everyone in a sense that I'm a variety seeker, but there's still something inside of me that chose, that told me that the army would be a good place for me. 
Yeah. And I'm still trying to tap into what that is. I'm trying to listen to that. Why, why the army? And now mm-hmm. there's a little part of me that talk, I talk about maybe pursuing some other form of government service, either public service or working for a government agency like FBI, CIA. Yeah. Even though I'm, I'm a variety seeker, why is my heart telling me that yeah. those are agencies that would fulfill me? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get into maybe it's maybe even though I'm a variety seeker, I do believe in this form of service, service mm-hmm. to other people. And if you look at famous variety seekers, who I think would be variety seekers, mm-hmm. again, I mentioned you won't see them or it's rare to see them as, you know, CEOs of, of big companies. Yeah. But where you do see them are people that have had major influences in other areas, major causes, civil mm-hmm. rights. Like I think Martin mm-hmm. Luther King would have been one. Um, people that have done extraordinary things for human rights for humanity, that's where you see variety seekers making a difference in the world. Yeah, because they don't get tied down on one thing exactly. forever. <laughs> and one thing, like to find one thing that a that a variety seeker can focus on and commit on. The reason why that you find them in places like defeating human starvation or human poverty or mm-hmm. homelessness or whatever, it's because it's causes causes have to be that compelling. Right. Mm. It can't they want to start a business that, you know, teaches people how to tie their shoes like it, it, it for variety seekers to become really well-known, world renowned. They had to find a cause that was so compelling that hit them to the deepest part of their soul mm-hmm. that it wasn't business. It was like people like Martin Luther King, people like. Um, oh, my God, I'm blanking ahead like a like full Michelangelo. Listen. So I'm reading his book. And he yes. had this thing where, I mean, he was, he started out as a painter. He was learning how to paint and then he just knew in his heart, he wanted to be a sculptor. And even though he made money from painting, you couldn't stop him from sculpting. Like you could not pull him away from it. Right. Exactly. And what, and what makes it like a little, I guess what makes me a little jealous in a sense is that you see variety seekers, they've had these, you know, They've had these bad things happen to them. They really hit this hard place or they stumbled upon the mm-hmm. situation. And from that moment on, they knew what they were going to do because this happened to them. Yeah. This, you know, it was an unfortunate thing. But from that point on, they dedicated their life to helping defeat cancer or a movement yeah. against breast cancer. But it, it took that horrible <laughs> emotional experience yeah. to light that spark. Right. And maybe you don't have it. And I pray that you don't have that happen to you. But at least they had that ignite the spark to where they found their purpose as a variety seeker. And it was their best way to serve. And I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I'm coming down to is what are you good at? What are your talents? And then using your talents, what is the best way to serve humanity? Mm -hmm. And for me, given military background and me understanding all that, Maybe it's not business. Maybe it is how I can best serve my talents is through, you know, uh, providing and protecting our nation in maybe a different yeah. capacity. Maybe if it's not the army, it's it's somewhere else uh, in the government. But that's what you got to figure out for yourself. Mm-hmm. If there's a need for me, if, you know, a sense of protecting our nation is is that which is really tapping in and giving me fulfillment and maybe that's the best way for me to live but it's going to be different for everybody and like i said all these you know and very genius philosophers have been yeah. asking that uh for thousands of years 
So you got to figure that out for yourself and how best can you serve given the talents that you have and, you know, documentaries and storytelling and absolutely hundred percent be one of those ways. Yeah. Yeah. And for every variety seeker, I mean, whatever it is that thing or those multiple things that are going to make you excited or happy or happy to try even, you should definitely try it. I mean, I never knew I'd have a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> I was just like, let me try a podcast. Yeah. You know? And even, yeah. And even if it, if it's not around in a year or whatever, who it, you'll look back and you'll be so happy that you still mm-hmm. did it because it makes you that much more well-rounded experience and just more full of, of life, I guess. Yeah. Cause sense. if you're, I mean, especially with the podcast thing, I mean, there are, there's a lot of advice out there about how to make a successful podcast. <clears throat> and it's all like, you have to do it, you know, five times a week or three times a week. And I'm like, okay, well, no, I'm not, I don't have time for that. And I don't really like, I want to make sure that the people that I speak to are people that I'm really excited to speak to. Right. And so if I yeah. were to just try to fill my calendar up with interviews, then I feel like I'm not giving my best effort in what I'm delivering and the stories that I'm telling. So, I mean, you have to make it work for you just because, you know, a successful podcast might make you some money doesn't mean that you should water down your, your idea or your passion. Right. And that's, you know, you've, kind of broken into something that I've been thinking about lately and what's I'm struggling with because the whole idea of entrepreneurship recently Mm -hmm. is booming. Like the number of people that want to start their own business is hotter now than it's ever been. And what you see is people starting a business focusing on helping people start their own business. Yeah. Right? Because that, that is a huge market. Yeah, there is absolutely money in starting a business that helps people start their own business. Yeah. And telling an them exactly what you do to make money, <clears throat> exactly like step by step. It's kind of weird and meta in a way. Like, no, you're right. This is and the I. The exact you're... process I'm using, to, the reason why you're listening to me right now. Like, exactly. It's very strange. And for me, <laughs> like, I recognize that. And me and Jess have talked talked about it at length mm-hmm. like is that i mean it is it is i mean it is a bandwagon in a sense right now where i it's not going to be like this forever it yeah. will go back down eventually um but is that where we want to kind of plant our flag and start our business and if it is i mean the opportunity is ripe but then you've got to ask yourself i mean is helping people start their own business is that going to be for you is that what's gonna really yeah fulfill you and if it is great because now now is the time yeah so i think the key with that is to to figure out who exactly do you want to help specifically and what is unique about what you're saying because there are a lot of people out there teaching the same thing right and you've got to be price points and there it's the same content but you yeah and you have to be careful because i fell into that trap early on with spending way too much money on a guy that didn't really know he was just he made a great platform and appearance wise it was like let me help you build your business five <laughs> times your revenue in two days uh-huh. um so there, I, I think there are a lot of people selling snake oil and you have to find those people that yeah. genuinely genuinely want to help their audience and the people i find are the ones that genuinely love to teach Mm -hmm. they love 
they they really connect with their audience. They have a blog associated with their business that they want to give out as much free, genuinely good advice on how to build their business. And and podcasts, I mean, we've studied these for a long time. Businesses that have podcasts, when looking at how they generated their most of their annual revenue, podcasts necessarily didn't move the needle so much as making it a profitable business. Mm-hmm. But it did so in the fact that people would able would buy the product that did because their their podcast made them known like legitimate and trust mm-hmm. yeah it, it kind of you you bring them into your life right you invite them yeah. into your home and they know and why the podcast itself will not move the needle in terms of dollars and cents it definitely establishes a relationship that will help you separate between the people that are selling snake oil and the people that genuinely want to help you, you know, improve your business. Yeah. So that's why I always tend to trust people more so that have a podcast because it's hard to episode after episode. If you aren't generally interested in helping people, it will show like it will come out in your voice and how compelling your episodes are. Like it'll eventually Mm -hmm. be seen. So that's why I always love people that have a podcast in conjunction with their business. Um, I think it says a lot about them. Well, thank you. Yeah, you are are welcome. (laughs) Thanks to my guest, Alex Wood, for joining me. And if you think you might be a variety seeker, just go to take the variety seeker quiz on honelife.com. And you can connect with Alex and his sister, Jess, in the Facebook group called Variety Seeker Tribe. I'll put all the links in the description below. You can connect with me, getting creative tips and inspiration on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Loudavision. And you can listen to more of these podcasts, read my blog, watch my videos, and contact me. Just go to loudavision.com and subscribe to my email list to be the first to hear all new episodes. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. That is a big help. Or if you're using YouTube or SoundCloud, you can do the same thing. Subscribe, rate, and review the Louder Vision podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. The Louder Vision podcast is produced by Laura Mioli and edited by Eric Saltzman. and future friends. I am T. Sterling Watson from the Indu Podcast, and I invite you to stop by and press play. The Indu Podcast is a little bit of everything, just like myself. Topics include entertainment, nerd culture, pop culture, intellectual chats, spirituality, positivity, music, or magic, if I misread my own handwriting. You can find me on iTunes, Indu.com, and Indu.podbean.com. The podcast and this ad is a 3SFX production.